you're listening to an episode of the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 142nd episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. If you like today's episode, be sure to leave me a review wherever you listen to your podcasts and share with your friends on social media. Especially for this podcast, please share with the people you know who are doing counseling and coaching. Just don't forget to tag me at Olver International. I'm really excited to change the subject from mental health to mental freedom. It's really a continuation of the same subject, but in the month of January, I'm going to be talking a lot about the new method that I've created that I believe will bring mental freedom to almost anyone around any problem. And today I'm going to be talking with my good friend and colleague and mental freedom collaborator, Sylvester Baugh. We want to get the information out to counselors, mental health professionals, social workers, coaches, really anyone in human services that has their own clients, either individual clients or group clients, to see if they'd be willing to learn mental freedom and use it with some of their clients so that we can get some evidence-based research and maybe receive the designation of evidence-based practice. That's the goal. Sylvester, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Well, Happy New Year to you too, and Happy New Year to all of our listeners, although I have no idea when they're going to be listening to this, but still, it's a good Happy New Year. Yes, yes, absolutely. I'm glad to be here today because, as you know, I have embraced mental freedom and the principles of mental freedom for as long as possibly you have. And I really, really want to be an ambassador of mental freedom throughout the world. But I think it's important that people understand exactly what mental freedom is. When I first heard about it, I thought, wow, mental freedom. We would all want that, I think. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm not really sure that everybody understands what mental freedom is. So could you take some time to just explain in detail what is mental freedom? Sure. Mental freedom is based on choice theory psychology, or you could say internal control psychology. And there are six principles that are designed to help people with general well-being, hope, resilience, and different things like that. So you know how people go through life and they have challenges in the mental and emotional realm. Things bother us, right? I talk about what keeps you up at night. I find a lot of times it's relationship-oriented. Sometimes you have a kid that's not on a good path and you're worried about them or your partner in life is not really getting you, doesn't really understand you. You might be fighting or arguing or maybe there's an affair. It could be at work with coworkers or your boss or even It could be in-laws. It could be anything, right? But there's things that bother us. And for many people, we have this need, especially since social media, right? We have this need to project that everything is cool and we got it all under control. We can do, you know, we can do our work. We can manage our families. We go home, we cook dinner, we do all the things, but there's still something that is 
on our spirit, bothering our minds, bothering our emotions. And we don't always find a place where we can talk about those things because we're not supposed to be upset. We're supposed to be one foot in front of the other and just do what we do. Only that's not really the reality. Mental freedom was designed for people who would like some tools. One of the things that frustrates me is I am a counselor. I was trained as a counselor. I took programs to be a counselor. I've done my continuing ed as a counselor. And I find that lots of counselors are not really helping their clients. I find that because, not saying everyone, please don't think, I I think that there's no good counselors out there because clearly there are good counselors out there. But I do think that our educational system has been influenced by psychopharmacology, wants counselors to believe that when people have experienced mental health problems, once they've been diagnosed and they're on medication, they've had serious trauma, that they're broken. And they're going to be broken for the rest of their lives. And they're going to need counseling for the rest of their lives. So these counselors just kind of settle in and they bear witness to the pain that their clients are experiencing. And somehow that's supposed to help. But I don't think that that helps. Now, I'm not saying it would never help, but that's not the kind of counseling that I want to do. I want to really strongly equip people for the tools that they need to handle whatever life throws in their direction. One of my taglines for mental freedom is you're growing yourself to be bigger than anything that happens to you and to be bigger than anything that's happened to you in the past or in the future. But people need tools. They need skills. They don't learn this stuff. It's not taught in school. I don't know where they would get it. So I don't expect people to be able to do those things if they've never been taught the tools. Mental freedom provides the tools to help people not stay broken, to really recognize that they never were broken in the first place. And all they needed was information to be able to put into place in their life so that they no longer have to suffer mentally and emotionally. That was a mouthful. And I heard a lot in that explanation. It's a lot of good stuff. But the one thing that I want to know, listening to you as a male, is mental freedom something that you believe will resonate with males and females the same way? Well, I'm going to tell you that I created it for women. That was what I started out thinking, especially of women in male-dominated professions like Mm -hmm. doctors, real estate, lawyers. The women that are expected really to act more like a man, so they can't show or express their emotional side, which is really a problem for women. When I first started doing mental freedom, I was reaching out to my network to get people who would be willing to take the program and give me feedback. And I found that it had as much to offer men as it did women. That kind of surprised me. I didn't expect that men would get benefit from it. But that's the other thing. You know, we talk about women who are bothered mentally and emotionally. Men get bothered mentally and emotionally too, but they have an even bigger vested interest in covering that up because if you're a man, you can't comfortably show that you're upset about something because you're supposed to be the strong one and you're supposed to be there to take care of everybody else. I do some work with the military. And they have this tagline, um, Army Strong. 
And when I talk to army people and I say, it's great to be army strong until you're not. And what do you do when you're not? Because you can't be that strong person all the time. Right. But with mental freedom, when you understand these six concepts and you can figure out which one best applies in your situation and you put it into practice, you will get so much relief from the things that cause that stress and strain that you'll be able to go through your life without having undue mental and emotional challenges. You just will be able to deal with it. I have talked to people, I've done groups, I've done individuals, and I've even done some presentations with audiences of people. I did it for the army. I did it for a school in Virginia, educators in this school, and I'm getting ready to go to Croatia and present it to some counselors. I find that men and women both really get benefit from it. Good. I'm glad to hear that because I know I've benefited from knowing it. And I'm sure other men will, but as you stated, it's hard for men to to uh, get to that place. But I do believe mental freedom provides the avenue to get you there. The one thing you mentioned in your last response were these six principles. I really want to take some time and to delve into these because I think the audience, once they're able to understand the six principles, they'll be able to get a better grasp on what mental freedom is all about. So why don't you start with your first principle of mental freedom? I don't know if we're going to have enough time to get through all of them, so I'll do it as quickly as I can. The first principle is all about responsibility. And I find that we tend to imprison ourselves. So the difference between being mentally free and not being mentally free is being imprisoned. And we're imprisoned in our own misery that we've created. You are not mentally free if you don't take responsibility for the things that you do, or if you overtake responsibility for things that are other people's things. So we talk about responsibility. We talk about being responsible, because even though you're not responsible, there's still things you can do if you choose, but you have to know I'm doing this because I want to, not because it's my responsibility to, but because Mm -hmm. I want to. That's the first thing. The second one I call the unconditional trust challenge. And this is about learning how to trust everybody. And I know people are thinking, whoa, 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 I don't want to trust everybody. (laughs) But the problem is we trust people for the wrong things. And the unconditional trust challenge teaches you the one thing you can trust every person to do. So once you're trusting people for the right thing, then you never have to be disappointed again. That's the second one. The third one is about our language. We go through life telling ourselves things like, I have to, I must. When we do that, it really takes our power away. That session is about learning to talk in an empowering way. The fourth session is about the stories we make up in our head. And we have a story going on 24-7. Maybe it stops when you're sleeping, but 24-7 really about the things that we don't have enough information about. We want information. We want closure. We want to understand things. So we make stuff up. And in that fourth session, we learn how to recognize it's just a story and how to make new stories that serve us better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then the fifth session is probably the most pivotal and the most complicated to understand. But in this session, we talk about our emotions and what their purpose is. 
There's two purposes. One is to serve us and we need to pay more attention to that. And the other is when we use it to help us get what we want. And using our emotions usually means trying to make somebody else do something that they don't want to do. And that creates a lot of trouble, not just for the person who's doing that, but also for the person that they're trying to make do something they don't want to do. That's probably the biggest session where I see a big turnaround with people in that fifth session. And then the last session is about meaning making in the things that happened to us that we didn't ask for. I always say, everybody has a story. Everybody can talk about things that have happened to them that they didn't want I just talked to a friend of mine from grade school and found out that her brother died 33 years ago. I never knew he died because we kind of lost contact and we've been in (laughs) touch on Facebook. And today she posted something 33 years ago, her little brother died. And I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Because for me, I'm hearing about it the first time. It's like, it just happened. Right, right. He was gay and it was back in the time when they didn't know what to do when people got AIDS and he died from AIDS. And what a horrible thing that she had to deal with. And then I could look at you and you had kidney disease and you had to deal with that and your parents died. And there's all kinds of things that everybody has to go through. You could be beat down by the things that happen to you, or you could become stronger and accepting of the things that happen to you. Mm-hmm. And that sixth session is about learning how to do that, how to come out of tragedy, out of trauma, stronger. So we do that with the glow. Anybody who knows me has heard me talk about the glow and the gifts, lessons, opportunities, and wisdom that come from our emotional pain. There's a benefit that we can find when we decide we want to look for it. Those are the six sessions. They really are tools for life. They're not just tools for a thing that you might be going through. They'll help almost anything that a person could be going through. We can talk about a specific thing. Or you can just do it as a general, not tell me what's bothering you, what's on your mind, just apply the principles to the area that you're concerned about and you'll get relief. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those six principles are the foundation that people need to understand because the application of mental freedom is what's powerful for me. And this is what I love most, and this is what I embrace. And I am looking forward to continuing to work with you in developing the process of really disseminating this information and gathering information regarding research as it relates to mental freedom. Lastly, one of the things I want to say to you is, what is your ultimate desire for mental freedom? That's such a big question. If I could just speak to what my next step is, Mm -hmm. Um, I do have an ultimate desire, but the next step, I want to have mental freedom listed as an evidence-based practice for Mm -hmm. psychology as well as coaching. In order to be listed as what's called an evidence-based practice, counselors and most coaches would know that there has to be research that supports the efficacy of these principles. So I'm looking for counselors and coaches who would be willing to learn mental freedom. And if you're willing to do that, I would teach it to you for $1. So you're going to learn mental freedom for a dollar. Trust me, it's going to cost a lot more once I get my (laughs) evidence-based practice, but a dollar. 
you learn it in six sessions. And those six sessions are just two-hour sessions on Zoom once a week for six weeks. That's all it is. After those six sessions, you'll start to use it with half of your new clients, whether you do it in groups or in individual, it doesn't matter, but you will do that with half of your clients and the other half you're going to treat the way you normally would, which will provide a control group. So you have to have the comparison. Each group will take some assessments at the beginning and assessments at the end. And of course, the hope for me is that they'll be better on those assessments at the end of mental freedom than the control group would be. There's not a lot that the counselors have to do except use counselors and coaches is just use these principles in their sessions with half of their new clients between March 15th and September 15th. That's the Mm -hmm. experimental phase. And I'm asking for fidelity in applying these principles that you get permission from your clients so that our researchers can make sure that mental freedom isn't bleeding over into the control group or that you are using mental freedom, but you're putting a lot of your own stuff in there. You'll get a curriculum from me. You'll know what's covered in every session and you get the videos of what we do together. So you'll get to see how I teach mental freedom. And I'm not looking for people to memorize chapter and verse of how I do it. I want people to develop their own stories and be able to to use this with their clients in their own language, their own way that they have of working with their people. Okay. And as far as ultimately, of course, ultimately, what I want is for everyone in the world to know mental freedom so that there is no one on the planet left who is suffering from any kind of long-term psychological, mental, emotional challenges. That's a very humble goal, I know, and I know that's not going to be accomplished in my lifetime, but I'm very willing to pass this torch on to younger people who want to take it up. My goal is to put myself out of business. I don't want people to need my services or the services of other counselors, maybe just for some acute distress that might be happening that you just need someone to talk to. That would be fine. But I really want the whole world to have these tools at their disposal so that they don't have to suffer. Wow. Okay. Well, it's in the atmosphere and I believe that it will come true. Maybe not in our lifetime, but I do believe it will come true. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to ask those questions and to share your thoughts. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and remember to leave a review and share with your connections, especially your counselors and coaches on social media. I also hope you'll join me next week when I will still be talking about mental freedom for the whole month of January. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at lifeequalschoices.com or listen wherever you download your podcast. And don't forget, remember to subscribe.